Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. All right, welcome to another episode of Tackle and Tacos, a fishing podcast. This is episode 26, which is pretty crazy, Nate, considering episode number one felt like it was 10 minutes ago, correct? Yeah, for real. It definitely does. It's pretty wild to think that we're already at 26. Yeah. We say it every week, but uh, you know, it, it, it's really uh, it's really humbling to be you know, having people listen to make us continue to do this. So yeah, yeah, it's it's. I mean, yeah, it was like a. I mean, it's 2023. Everybody and their mom can or does have a podcast. You know, like that one commercial. I don't remember what like it's advertising, but it's like this guy who listens to podcasts about podcasts, so he can be like, hey, there's a podcast for that, whatever. Like it's sort of right. accurate because there really is 12,000 podcasts, but like it was just sort of an idea, albeit not an entirely original idea, but like let's start a fishing podcast and like now here we're, we're going, you know, and um, I've never mentioned this and I don't ever really want to get too like numbersy driven because I just think that's weird. You know, like, like if you go to a, a church or something and there's a lot of people there, that's great. But if they come up on stage and they're like, we're so glad that there's 1,721 people like that, that'd be weird. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, for sure. two numbers Z is weird. Celebrate the numbers a little bit is cool. And so one of the numbers I want to celebrate without giving any level of specificity to it is I was looking at our, um, our dashboard, which is like where we see all of our downloads and blah, blah, blah. And our downloads are, um, I said that weird. I'm already saying things weird, Nate. Where, where is Lola <laughs> to make fun of me? Lola's yeah, not here sure. tonight. Anybody listening? God dang it. Um, 
Lola is in Elk Mound, Wisconsin, which is like an hour-ish from where we live in Strum. Her brother, John, um, who is essentially the reason that Lola and I are even together, I was his small group leader back in like 1970 or something, and then I met her as his <laughs> little sister. Um, anyway, he's in town from Florida, and he doesn't come in town from Florida very often, and so she was like, do you think it'd be okay if I didn't do the podcast to hang out with my family, whatever, and I'm like, dude, of course, like, I love the podcast, it's dope, but like, family is family, like, family, family, so um, we love Absolutely. you. Yeah, we love you, Lola. We wish you were here to make fun of me saying words oddly but anyway um so i'm looking at our numbers and i'm seeing that the downloads are much higher than you know we thought that they would you know really get to in i don't know a year maybe even two years and we're only a few months into this thing and then i also see the number um of how many individual listeners we have and it's not that high of a number um I mean, it's, it's really good, but it's not as, you know, nearly as high as the downloads. So then I just being the overly analytical dork that I am, I Googled something. If your downloads are high, but your listeners are not as high, what does that mean? And a couple places, uh, what is that one? Buzzsprout, I think is the website or something. They were like, this okay. is, they were like, this is the best combination of numbers you can have. Cause all that really means is that the people who listen to your podcast are sticking around like episode after episode versus you might have 5,000 downloads and 3000 listeners because people listen once and they're ghost. And I was like, Whoa, that's kind of right. dope. So, um, yeah, for sure. that's rad, right? That's kind of neat that Absolutely. Uh, whoever listens to our stupidity, engages with our stupidity like that's pretty humbling dude yeah. that's pretty rad and so you know we always kind of say it and i don't ever really want to get to the point where we don't say it i don't care if we blow up to whatever level meat eater level or whoever big podcast level um the kelsey brothers podcast i always want to say how humble and excited and honored we are to have people listening to us dummies sitting here yapping about you know a delicious meal called a taco and or fishing absolutely so anywho absolutely, yeah yeah so it's kind of rad to have uh that kind of stuff in episode 26 and we're pumped dude this is actually again one of the things we always said about this podcast is we wanted to have local dudes people that we actually enjoy as human beings and people who we think we can learn from. And side note, I think I can learn from a homeless dude in a box. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. I think if you're open-minded to stuff, you can learn from just about every situation. Uh, but we wanted to learn from local dudes to um, people like Brandon Polinick or having Gussie on in, uh, in a week and a half or whatever, um, the Bassmaster Classic champion, like whoever. And the guy we have on tonight, um, we'll get to in just a sec. We're pretty, we're pretty stoked to have him on. He's a super, just a genuinely kind human being, super good angler. I, I swear he top tens everything he ever fishes. Uh, and the really neat, unique perspective that he brings is he is a fishing guide. And so I want to talk to him about guiding and is that fun? Is it not fun? Do you show people your juice spots or do you like stay off them and be like, yeah, I don't really have any spots left on the lake because you don't want to burn them out. Um, what happens if you bring somebody out on a guide trip who has no earthly idea how to fish? Like, is that like, you know, bringing out your four-year-old and trying to like teach him how to bobber fish. I don't know. Um, so yeah, Michael Mudgett is going to be on the show in just a little bit, which I'm really, really pumped about. Um, also a member of the Chippewa Valley Bass Attack, uh, our, our local club here up in Wisconsin that Nate makes the pilgrimage up to Wisconsin and fishes. Um, but before we get into all that, 
Um, Nate, would you do me a, a favor and talk us through things that you've been getting into lately? Tell us about this barbecue deck or something you're building for your brother. Or what you've been, what's, what's been going on in your personal life, dude? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it seems like it's always something, uh, about every, every week or <laughs> what a funny segue. It's always week. something. Yeah, it is. And, and, and it's, it's always, you know, it's good to stay busy, but it's always enjoyable. So last couple of weeks I've had, you know, family birthdays, my wife's birthday, yeah. my daughter's birthday. We just had her birthday party yesterday, okay. uh, Sunday. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been doing all that for just prior before that I built a, a deck around my brother-in-law's pool, like a deck and a bar and a whole setup around his pool that actually turned out pretty awesome. And I'm not a carpenter at all. Shut up. Um, just kind of, I'm not saying you're a carpenter, but like, you are that dude who's a lot like our homie Jeremy who can just figure stuff out. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's, you know, I kind of had a, had a vision, had an idea. Um, my sister-in-law had, you know, of course, some Pinterest pictures and all that good of stuff course, for yeah, ideas. But, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Make so your life much worse to be like, it doesn't look like the Pinterest photo. Shut up. <laughs> right. Exactly. I think mine turned out a little bit better than most okay. of the Pinterest. Ones, all right. So okay. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be honest about that. It, it's, it's pretty nice, but, uh, yeah. So now the next project, uh, you know, that they have that I, I have to, uh, complete for them is, a the barbecue patio. So we're going to build a deck, uh, for, uh, you know, for grilling, uh, Blackstone, um, and the smoker so he's got a he's got a big grill gazebo that we're going to put on top of it and get that all built and set up for him uh mostly as a as like a fix-it project okay um he he uh he he paid a guy to uh to pour some stairs in front of his house because the stairs were kind of falling apart in front of his house okay um so they did concrete stairs in front of the house and then they did a slab in the back for this you know to put the grill gazebo on and all that stuff ended up being like the stairs turned out pretty good actually quite good they're all wood grained and they're really slick uh but the patio just had this crazy grade to it and you i mean you couldn't you couldn't keep, like, you couldn't keep anything on like it. if you it, put a skateboard it, on it really, it would just roll down the it i mean it would take off like like <laughs> quick too like it's it's crazy how come have a, it come have a sandwich uh, and rolling down the yeah hill. and the guy actually had good references and good pictures of concrete work he's doing i don't know what happened with this with this little patty board but it it's rough so we're gonna we're gonna build the deck uh the, you know the, the little deck right over top of that and cover it up and okay he should be good to go so that's that's, dope. that's what i've been doing yeah. uh also getting into a little a little fishing with the family we went out yeah i think it was last monday the last one monday we went out and did some fishing with the, with the wife and kiddos and got them on some bass we, we struggled to catch the crappie or bluegill but we did get okay. a few few good bass so it was uh it was fun so when you do go bluegill slash crappie, whatever, pan fish, fishing, sometimes I call them panties without the T, and mm-hmm. Lola always says that it sounds like I'm saying panties, and she asked me not to say it, like you're going out catching panties. Yeah, nah. um, I see that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I try not to say that, but I just said it now. So anyway, uh, are you are you keeping said bluegills and, and crappies? No, I really don't. You don't Most really very often, do you? No, I really don't. Most of the time, honestly, we don't get into any that are big enough to okay, really sure. take home. And, it's more and, just yeah, fun for kiddos. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I, I got a pretty funny picture. I'll have to I'll have to throw up on the on our social of uh, my son. The first bass that we caught of the of the day, he had to he had to pull out the bump board and, and put it down on the bump board. To, okay. You know, just see how long it was. So <laughs> it's it's pretty funny. And how long uh, was it? Yeah. 
Uh, it was about eight and a half inches. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So it was a, it was a it was a tank for him. So yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Our uh, our boys, our um, Dom and Vinny, they both are really like not passively like they're into fish. I, I, what's the word I'm looking for here? They're they're sort of like. Um, indecisively or I don't they're into fishing and then they kind of fade out and they get back into like football baseball and they're into fishing and then they kind of whatever uh and so right. like they'll show me pictures like oh this is my buddy so-and-so he caught a four and a half pound smallmouth I'm like for real and it'll show me the the picture and the thing's a pound on its best day you know but right like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to them it's like dude this is a tank dude like this thing is yeah, huge and absolute I, giant. I don't like you know eyebrows down like that's like a pounder stupid you know like I'm not correcting them but I'm like dude that's you know whatever that's like a yeah, that's a that's not a big fish, but um, yeah. I, the reason I asked you that is because, in my opinion, and this this could catch me some some poop, but in my opinion, the greatest taco of all is a fresh fish taco, specifically a fish that you caught. So whether that's frying up some crappies or some walleye, some what even northern pike people hate on pike but like they can taste really really good and I, i've done it both ways yeah. where you can like kind of pan bake it so it's like flaky little crumblies in the shell or pan um fry it like so you get like you know chick not chicken tenders <laughs> uh like fish fillets you know like in the shell yeah. uh it's just incredible yeah, sure. so i was gonna ask if you like did that at all and then also i was gonna ask after that um do you have a bubba wireless fillet knife because i don't and i've wanted one for so freaking long yeah they they are probably the coolest little thing uh i've seen but i do not have one no i'm i'm super old school when it comes to yeah. uh to filleting fish my uh, like my fillet knife legit is i mean it's probably older than both of my kids combined and maybe as old as i am like it's okay it's old is it the wood handle rapolo one wood handle rapolo yeah with the leather sheath. yes Absolutely. dude everybody had that thing yeah. dude yeah <laughs> yeah i still i still have two of them and i yeah anytime i i fillet fish that's what i use that's awesome uh it works yeah it works great so yeah i used but, to yeah I, me- I remember i remember years ago growing up uh, you know, we, we used to go camping every single summer for yeah. like months at a time. It seemed like, uh, but, uh, I'd go and I, that, that was like my favorite like thing to do was like, if I wasn't fishing, I was at the cleaning station. Watching yeah. People clean oh, I used to do that too. Yeah. Like, yeah. I used to, I used to look yeah, in the garbages yeah, to so. see like what had been caught and stuff. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. See what's been caught. Yeah. yeah. Totally so I, I remember watching, watching some guys, uh, use a electric flame knife for like the first time. And it was okay. like, Oh my goodness! Like how what how on that? earth it's like a mini fast. chainsaw fish so fast exactly yeah 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 it was sweet but yeah uh, they're dope yeah the good old days yeah so um so speaking of fillet knives this will make a nice little segue which I just ruined by pointing out the fact that it's a nice little segue um this <laughs> last weekend uh Dom during youth gun season here in uh Wisconsin shot his second ever doe. And it's in our, so congrats to Dom. Point, point, point. Shout, shout out, out Dom. Shout out, shout out Dom. Um, dude's a, yeah, dude's a deer so killer. Awesome. Yeah, dude. So, um, so we have it hanging in our garage and they wanted to process it. And I'm trying to like think, should we let it hang for a while? Cause it's actually cold out. And I've heard all these and it had decent, not super bad, but it had decent rigor mortis. And as I understand it, the longer you let a deer hang with rigor mortis, the more the muscles kind of chill out sort of like when you make a brisket or a pulled pork or a prime rib, like the whole roast. And then you let it rest in a cooler or Resting in the oven, process, that right. process lets it kind of, kind of chill 
out. Um, and so I'm, okay. we're letting it rest, and the boys are like, no. Oh, and Kennedy, our oldest girl, like, come on, we want to skin it. We want to skin it. And I'm like, fine, we'll skin it, but we'll still let the meat rest open air and let it, you know, kind of dry up a little bit and cool out a little bit, whatever. And I could not find my regular, which is just a basic Kershaw um, flip knife, but it's pretty short and it gets real for whatever reason this knife even more than my benchmade knife it gets way sharp like way 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 sharp um it just holds a holds an edge really well and it's short it's like two inches long when you flip it open the blade um but i couldn't find it so i use my fillet knives going back to what we were just talking about my fish fillet knives um which are hunters what is it hunter's edge is that what it's called that brand uh yeah i think so or Hunting outdoor edge. edge, outdoor edge. That's it. Outdoor edge. Hunter, yeah, yeah. So not the ones like the replaceable like scalpels, but these are really, really sharp knives that my in-laws, Lola's parents, Craig and Jerry, shout out, um, got ah. me for uh, Christmas a few years ago. And there's like three different sizes of knives in them. They're Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation knives. Like they are so nice, um, but they are long. And so I went to cut around one of the legs, and I was holding the leg, and I just sliced the tip of my fingers, soup, just right through oh. the skin, right through my skin. Uh, oh, boy. Because <laughs> it was such a long <laughs> knife. And then Dom's like, oh, my gosh. He starts, like, gagging that I cut my finger. I'm like, we're laying here with, like, a splayed open deer, and you're tripping yeah. about my finger bleeding. Like, it's fine. Like, we'll be all right. But anyway, so I'm super proud of that, dude. Um not to get all cheesy YouTube-y, but if you're listening to this, like, dude, feel free to message us, comment on, I don't know what, posts or YouTube or whatever. Tell us your insights on how long you hang your deer, if the weather's permitting, because I've heard a lot of different opinions on it. Um, it seems like the general consensus is to let it sit for a couple of days, especially if there's rigor mortis, if the weather allows it to be sitting for a couple of days obviously if you shoot it super early season and it's 80 you can't do that you got to get through it quick um but in this weather you know if you know something dude you know put us up on it so um let me change directions to the negative nate <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, so this weekend two big negative things number one the longhorns lost their first college football game of the year to the Oklahoma turd bag Sooners. And um, the worst part about it was the Texas Longhorns, my team, um, played the worst game they've played all year by a long, long, long way. Sloppy penalties, turnovers, weird offensive calls, missed execution, just bad across the board. Um, there were some highlights, yes. but for the most part, they just didn't play good. And Oklahoma, um, their big rivalry, probably played their best game of the year. And it came down to the very final, very end of the game for them to beat us. Like, like with a minute left. Yeah, was for, I think they, it wasn't like 15 seconds they scored that last touchdown yep. to, to take the lead. Yep, and, yep. and w they were winning pretty much the whole game. And then we scored um, a field goal um, at the very, very, with a minute left, and they had no timeouts left. We scored a field goal to go up 30 to 27. So I'm like, oh my gosh, we got this. Worst case scenario, you know, if they're really on their game, they'll come down the down the field and um, kick a field goal. We'll go into overtime, but surely our defense, which is really what our whole team identity is predicated on, like our defense has just been filthy all year, just mean, just lets them go right down the field and score a touchdown. So that was sad. The second thing that was sad is this weekend, I don't know if anybody can relate to this. I thought this was like a disease for old men, like leprosy or something. Um, but I started getting these weird aches in the top of my head. 
not like a headache, but like a pain, like a cramp, like a, like a shooting, like, like just freeze up my body. It hurts so bad. Um, once every like few minutes and then it became more frequent, like to where it was like every couple of seconds on the top sort of left of my skull, I have sort of a Forrest Gump hairline. And so if you followed like the left dip into the hairline and like across like the, 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 the side of my big old melon, um, right, right there. Apparently it's called like the V one nerve. And, um, I went to the emergency room on Saturday, so I couldn't hunt with Dom when he was out hunting. Um, so thankful that he has an awesome grandpa who took him out. Uh, and I couldn't watch the Texas game in person cause I was in the dang hospital. I had to call into work, which I absolutely hate doing. I hate calling into work. It's not my thing. I just feel so undependable and unreliable and whatever. And, uh, turns out it's shingles. Like, I just feel like wow. that's, I feel like that's such a thing for like dudes with like walkers yeah. and like, and I know I yeah, always make sure. fun of how old I am, but like Tuesday was my birthday. Saturday I have shingles. Like, <laughs> What the, what the heck, dude? Like, what is yeah, that? That's so crazy. Yeah, it's stupid, yeah. dude. But anywho, so it hasn't happened yet, like, because I didn't have, like, the rash or anything, but the, the nerve pain, and they had to do a CT scan, which if, if you ever had a CT scan, that's not a fun experience. It feels nope, not at all. weird and scary, and the doctor was so rad, though. I went to um, Mayo Clinic in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and uh, the doctor was just so thorough, kind, listened, um, allowed me to kind of say my piece. They would ask me some questions, you know, like sometimes doctors, it feels like they're on like a per client pay scale, like the more customers or whatever, more, um, patients they see, the more money they're going to make. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. And this dude was not that. And so as soon as I came back from the CT scan, when he came back, he's like, he walked in the door and he goes, the CT scan is totally clear. Like he didn't mince words. He didn't. So we got the results back. You know, he right away said it like just a cool dude. So I don't have the rash yet, but as soon as I do, they're going to put me on medication and I, I don't know, just a weird deal. So, um, that was not the funnest part of my weekend. Uh, but yeah, things could be worse. Positivity is worth the effort. And I do know like when you're not feeling good, the worst mistake you can possibly make is to take yourself too seriously and to get all grumpy and poopy and, and whatever. And so, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to avoid that at all, all costs. So, um, anyway, well, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're glad your, uh, your melon's not rocking anymore. That, that yeah. does not sound enjoyable. Dude, it was miserable. Like it, I couldn't sleep. I like my eyes were watering when it would bite down. Like, I mean, it just felt like somebody was, I listened to a podcast about a lady one time who was a wildlife, um, biologist and she was doing hair study samples of grizzly bears i think in vancouver um uh, canada and uh she was so basically all they do is they put out like bear um things that guys use to like lure in bears for like hunting but they're not hunting them they put out like whatever and then they put these little like chicken wire deals next to it so the bear will kind of brush up against it it doesn't hurt them doesn't anything and then they go back collect the samples of hair and they can learn all this stuff about them and it's wild but yeah. This lady went out there and, um, she was checking the, um, the hair sample thing, whatever, and turned around and there was like a, you know, this monstrous grizzly bear, like standing right next to her. And before she could even reach her bear spray, it grabbed her on the top of the head and, um, his canines touched her brain. It bit onto her head so hard. Um, 
And uh, that's kind of what it felt like this weekend, only I'm sure not nearly as, as bad. <laughs> not nearly as bad as that, of course. But she, and she, the crazy thing is she lived like she's totally fine. She stumbled out of the woods. She did end up hitting it with bear spray and it let her go. Um, and she stumbled out of the woods and made it to the highway and like stumbled into like traffic where a, a trucker like picked her up and zoomed her to the hospital. And yeah, like she's like totally fine, but, um, crazy, but anywho, all I'm saying the pain was pretty, pretty awful. So you ready, Nate? We, we, we've gotcha. been, yeah, we've been yapping for way too long. You want to bring our guest in? Yeah, let's bring him in. I'm excited to, to get to talking to him. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, all the way from also Wisconsin, um, uh, where we're stoked to have on the show for the first time, a professional bass fishing guide and a friend and a great angler. So ladies and gentlemen, we're excited to introduce to you on the tackling tacos podcast, uh, Mr. Michael Mudgett. Come on. Come on. Come on. Shout hey, out. Guys. How's hey, going? Good brother. How are you, man? Good. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, dude, for sure. Have you ever had shingles, Michael? I have not. Okay. Um, I'm hoping to avoid that. Yeah. At all costs. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had Especially chicken from pox? the uh, bear crunch head type? <laughs> yeah. Comparison yeah, there. That does not sound fun. No, that pretty doesn't sound comparison. Yeah, I probably shouldn't have gone there, but I was just it, it, it's a it's a terrible pain. But have you ever had chicken pox, Michael? I did when I was a little kid. Yeah, so basically, apparently, I mean, you already knew that. I didn't know anything. I thought shingles, I'm not even trying to be funny. I thought shingles was like leprosy. Like, I thought it was like something you get on your face, and it's if you're old and went to like, I don't know. But anyway, um, if, if you had chicken pox, basically, which is a nerve-based sickness, if it, once it goes away, it just lays dormant in whatever nerve it feels like hanging out in, in your body. And then later on in life, it can re-manifest itself. And when it does, it manifests as shingles. So that's... That could be in your arm, your leg, your foot, in my case, the top of your head. My mother-in-law had it. It's it's awful, dude. So I really hope you don't end up with it ever. It's awful. I, I hope so, too. Hopefully it stays hibernating forever. Right. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it just stays asleep. Yeah. Have you had chicken pox, Nate? I have had chicken pox, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't even know if I had it. A young gun. Yeah, the doctor asked me, and I'm like, I don't know. I could text my mom. He goes, well, it doesn't really matter. He's like, either way, we're going to figure out what this is. And then I text her, and I was like, she was like, yeah, you did. And I told him. He was like, okay, well, that helps. Like, yeah, so. Uh, so, Michael, who are you, man? We know that you're a part of the Chippewa Valley Bass Attack. We know that you are a pro fishing guide, that you're the dude. Um, you fish tournaments with your dad. Um, how did you get into the whole world of, of bass fishing in general? Well, it started off at a pretty young age. Uh, my dad was really into fishing, so he kind of got me going on it. You know, most kids are playing with, you know, G.I. Joe's and all that. I had toy boats. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, you know, we'd go out fishing, he'd take me out, and you know, young kids, they don't always have, you know, a great attention span. So I'd fish for a little bit, and then I'd play with the fish in the live well, and you know, pull my own boat behind the boat, stuff like that. So I've, I've been around it for a really long time awesome. and I just yeah. kind of grew up with it. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the Bass Pro catalogs would come every spring and I'd go through it page by page and put my little wish list together and, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, add same. up to $8 million <laughs> you know, in baits <laughs> yeah. that I'll never be able to afford. Of course. Yeah. I remember circling things in the Bass Pro catalog. That's <laughs> so yes. funny. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, so did your, so your dad who you still fish derbies with now, so are, I mean, are, let me, I have so many questions to ask. Uh, are you from Wisconsin originally? Yes. And where um, are you now? Cause you're like on the Miller 
Dam, like the yeah, on Miller Dam, just outside of Gilman. Yeah. Uh, I grew up over in Holcomb, so oh, okay, not real far away, but I bounced around in between there. But that's where I'm sitting right now. So. Okay, yeah. So how did it, was your dad a, a, a tournament bass fisherman, or where did it go from fishing to like competitive fishing? Um, well, he he was a did fish some tournaments when he was younger, um, and then I kind of came along and ruined that for him. So <laughs> he needed more time around the, around the house and everything, yeah. but, uh, yeah, he kind of got out of it. And then would have been when I was in college or just out of college, one of my friends who's also really big into bass fishing, he had fished in the Chippewa Valley bass attack okay. a few years before that and wanted to get back in. So he ended up asking me if I, I wanted to fish it and like, sure, I'll give it a try. You know, I fish for bass quite a bit and, yeah. um, you know, he fished that first year and he ended up kind of getting a little tired of it at the most of the way through the season and ended up skipping the last tournament. And then, so I wasn't sure if we were going to go again the next year, he ended up having some prior commitments and then my dad decided to step in. So oh, okay. kind of got back into it and it's been history ever since. So, okay. That's awesome. Heck yeah. Yeah, dude. Nate, you, you got anything for him? Sorry, I, I, I was hearing your voice. I was thinking you were going to ask something. I don't want to do that. It, 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 cut you no, off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. I just, uh, yeah, that, that's, how, how long ago was that, you, what, did you say? Um, I believe this was my 11th year fishing. Oh, wow. That's so. awesome. Do you fish any yeah, other clubs much. or trails? I fish some opens and stuff, yeah. but, you know, I started in the Bass Tack, and it's, you know, one of the better clubs around here. It's for well sure. run. Yeah. Uh, competition is, you know, you don't have to search for it, definitely. It's everybody comes, and if you're going to win one, you definitely earn it with these guys. So Yeah, yeah that's for it's, sure. Kind of kept me around. Yeah, for sure. Um, have you have you won any Bass Attack derbies? Uh, I have not actually got a win in the bass wow. tech. Wow, that surprises me. Yeah, and but I mean, when I started, we also had you know Pat Schlapper in it too. Who I, I think the first three or four years he won just about every tournament that I fished. What a jerk! <laughs> right? <laughs> it's yeah, so funny crazy. with that dude, right? Because like he works at Shields, I work at Shields. I've never spoken to him besides last year um, before I worked at Shields when Nate and I were getting ready to fish the two-day derby on the Chippewa Flowage, and he was there like just working, selling lures or whatever. And I said, hey, man, I don't expect you to give up the juice, but give me one pointer for fishing the flowage. And he told me something like, oh, yeah, if you're not using this, you're doing something wrong, which I used and caught no fish on it on the flowage. So I don't know if he was just, you know, sandbagging me or, what, you know, whatever. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny that, like, he works there. He's not on the elites right now. I mean, he is, but the elites aren't going right now. Uh, and I don't ever I don't ever talk to the dude. But, yeah, it's funny. People around these parts, dude, like, I think if he had a scarier name, people would be even more scared of him. Because, uh, like, he enters a tournament. Everybody's like, oh, schlapper. Because it's like SCH and it just sounds kind of funny. Schlapper. Schlapper's going to slap him. Uh, but uh, yeah, apparently he just dominates. I mean, is it accurate? Did he really dominate that much when he fished here? Yes, he did. Yes, um, just so quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think because there was kind of a weird stat that I was kind of keeping in my head. And I believe in like those first few years for sure, he weighed in less than 15 pounds and I think like three tournaments. Oh my gosh. In two of those three, he won. Okay. <laughs> so, so even on his off days, he was still winning. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Wow. 
Yeah, that's great. He's a really cool dude. I mean, if you work with him, you definitely need to take some time to talk with him. Yeah, I mean, if I ever if I ever see him, we'll talk to him. And he's already agreed to be on the show and like come to the studio and have some tacos. Which, by the way, Michael, we wanted you to do that. And the schedules are just so tough. With like, my wife and I have three hundred and thirteen children. Uh, you know, and Nate lives in <laughs> Iowa, and so trying to keep whatever. So I was like, dude, would you be willing to just do a call? And so I'm super appreciative that you were willing just to jump in. But we will have you come hang out if you're down sometime. We'll make you some some dope tacos of some type. Absolutely. I'd be down for that. Okay. So tell us this. Do you enjoy tacos? Who doesn't enjoy tacos? Right. Who doesn't enjoy tacos? It's so <laughs> funny. All right. It's so what's, perfect answer, yeah. yeah. What, what's a, what's a, what's a good taco to you? What's one of your favorites as, as specific as you want to be? Oh, I would say, uh, one of my girlfriend introduced me to, uh, some chipotle shrimp tacos. Okay. Okay. Now we're talking. Uh, yeah, a little, good. McCormick grillers, the seasoning yeah. packet. Yeah, those are so good. Yeah, throw a little lettuce and uh, some pico on there, a little bit yeah. of guac. And okay. Sour cream and cheese, and that's pretty dynamite. Dude, it really is good. It's I think, so I was, um, I was thinking of asking, like, when we first started the podcast, one of the things I wanted to do with people is like rapid fire, you know, like this or this, this or that, hard plastics or soft plastics, fish deep or fish shallow, tacos or burgers, or, you know, I was trying to think of something comparable. And I feel like that's not really a super fair comparison because a hamburger is a hamburger. You can change what the meat is. You know, you can do like an elk burger, or a venison burger, or a beef ham, whatever. But with tacos, you can put anything in that shell. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It's kind of uh, the Swiss army knife of foods, I guess. Dude, God dang it. That's it. I'm stealing that. That is. That's perfect. (laughs) That's exactly right, dude. That's exactly right. It's the Swiss army knife of, of, of tacos. Um, so one time taking us back down memory lane on Miller dam, uh, Michael, which, what, what's the, um, don't tell me, uh, what is the national forest right there? It's such a funny name. Gosh, dog. The Schwamigan. Schwamigan. That's what it is. Yeah. Because they call it like the Schwamigan flowage also, right? Miller Dam slash Schwamigan flowage. Yep. Has uh, has Schlapper ever won on the Miller Dam? I believe he has. Okay. Because it'd be dope to do like a headline like Schlapper takes Schwamigan or something. (laughs) (laughs) It would be quite the headline. Yeah. So one time Lola and I fished a derby there. Um, came into it like most of the derbies we fish, honestly, we're just, and I'm not saying it victim status. I'm not even upset about it. I actually kind of like it that we don't usually get to pre-fish them. Um, so we do as much map study as we can and, and as much water temp and whatever day of trying to adapt to the settings, whatever. Um, and that day, I think we ended up out of 30 boats, like 13, 14, but that was with only four fish. And we had our fifth fish on, I don't know how many times and lost it. And that was when, uh, Lola first figured out how to like jig fish properly, like throw a jig on stuff. Um, yeah, it was awesome anyway. Uh, and I remember standing in line and at this point, I think it was like the third derby last year of Chippewa Valley bass attack. And I didn't know anybody hadn't really talked to anybody had talked to LaFont a minimum amount, didn't really know anybody else. And we're standing in the way in line and your dad walks up uh, and he's next to us and Lola says something like, so how'd you guys do? Because 
you know, Lola's just crazy friendly all the time. Um, right. And uh, your dad's like, oh, we did pretty good, 15 pounds or something. And she's like, really? That's awesome. He goes, yeah, but we got like a six-pound snapping turtle, so I don't know if that'll count or something like that. <laughs> like it was such a perfect, like cheesy joke, but it was so rad. And uh, yeah, that made me feel like so stoked to be a part of the club, just like good fishermen. People are competitive, like you said, but they're not taking themselves too seriously. Is that kind of how your dad is? Oh, Absolutely. He, he uh, likes to ham it up too. So yeah, it's always a good time in the boat with him. Yeah. Tell, tell me about your boat. You said boat. Cause you had a, you had like a light blue Ranger for quite a while. Right. And then was it just this year you upgraded? What, how'd that go down? Uh, last year I'd been looking for a while cause, uh, the, the boat that I had, it was a, it was getting older. It was 97 sport R 70. So it was only a 17 footer. And you know, if if anybody's seen me or my dad we aren't the smallest people so <laughs> sure. it'd be like you know the two biggest guys in the club and the probably boat. one of the smallest boat like yeah. you know there, it just got a little cramped at times so yeah. i've been looking for quite some time it ended up taking me about two years to find the right one okay and uh, i actually almost bought the identical boat to the one that i had but it was about a year older uh, i was down at angler's choice marine in I think it's North Carolina. Yeah. I missed it by like five minutes. I've been dealing with a salesman down there because we were going to get a jack plate put on it at cost. And the guy ended up texting the information to the link for the credit app to the wrong person. And in the time that it took him to realize that there was a salesman on the floor who had found a buyer and they started filling out paperwork. Shut up, oh, dude. That, that was, that was so about a, a year through my process. And it's like, are you kidding me to be that close? Like wow. everything was ready to go. And uh, didn't think I'd ever actually find the right one. But I ended up with a, a 2016 Ranger Z518C, which is a 18 and a half footer ready okay. for a 200. So okay. really wow. nice wide platform and yeah. lots of storage and absolutely love it so why ranger because your last boat was a ranger this one's a ranger what why why ranger to you i've always been a ranger fan uh growing up you know that's what my dad ran okay um i've loved them Uh, actually the boat before the one you guys saw that i had that was also a ranger it was a little 320 which was a 15 15 10 so not even a 16 footer wow so yeah yeah i just like the way that they look um like the way that they're built and then obviously like i said it's it's set up great, you know, for an 18 and a half footer when you're in it, it doesn't feel like an 18 and a half footer. You definitely fish is bigger than that. Um, and then, you know, with the storage and everything in it too, it just fishes like a bigger boat, but a little more affordable being that it's a little bit smaller. So that's awesome. Hey, Nate, take yeah, over for one second. Point. Uh, Lola just got home. I'll be right back. I know this is super unprofessional, but I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. 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 No. Okay, so right here is where we prove once again how amateur we are at this. And honestly, like, it kind of stinks, but I also don't kind of care because we're just a few humans who absolutely love tacos and absolutely love fishing and talk about it for an hour every week, and some people tune in and listen to it. So my wife got home. Um, I hadn't seen her much today because of work and driving back and forth to her parents' house to hang out with her brother. And so I was like, hey, Nate, just take over and talk to to Mudget for a little bit. I'm going to run in and say hi to my wife, tell her good night, tell her I love her because that's that important to me. That's more important to me than a podcast. And uh, at some point, I bumped the little cable connected to my phone. And so Nate and Michael did speak. You just couldn't hear them. So that's what this <laughs> that's what this little gap is. Thanks for putting up with us. We appreciate you. 
There you are. Can I hear you? Yeah, you got us. Yes. What the heck just happened? <laughs> yeah, we're not. We're we not sure. You. Yeah, yeah, we could hear you just fine. Everything. Okay. Were y'all talking or were you not talking? Oh yeah, yeah. We were we were deep in conversation. I know I'm so unprofessional, but like my wife got home, I wanted to tell her I loved her and see if she wanted to jump in. She's like, I'm about to fall asleep. I'm like, I totally understand. Jeepers! Right. All right, sorry, fellas. What did I miss? You missed you missed the lowdown on the rig. He was giving us okay. the, the shakedown on on how he has his his boat set up. So oh. uh, he and also being a fan of Lawrence like myself, he's uh, yeah, he's got he's got some goods on it. So. I feel like Lorance really up their game, didn't they, in the last however many years? Because I remember when Nate and I used to work at Gander, like Lorance was cool, but it was always sort of felt like, talked about like it was the less intuitive of Lorance and Humminbird. And I don't feel like that's yeah. really the thing anymore. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree with that. It was definitely like the uh, the ugly stepchild of the uh, of the units, uh, you know, the electronics. So Yeah, and the C-maps yeah, are I, next level. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's I'm a huge fan of that. Mudge, yeah. uh, you you run the the C maps at all or anything? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, I, I want to get the reveal card. I don't have that one yet, but I run the regular C map and then uh, the social maps for a lot of the lakes around here because they're so small that they don't really get a whole lot of attention for mapping. Mm. Social maps is huge. And that that's where like somebody can scan around and like upload it right or something like yep. that. Yep, you can yeah. do it yourself, um, or you know, basically like collectively, as anglers, you know, record sonar logs and everything. They get uploaded and then they get merged all together. Yeah. Wow. So, so cool. there, there's some little lakes around here that nobody else has maps of that the social maps like literally you have one foot contour lines on the entire lake. That's so sick! Dang it, that's smart. Yeah, that's awesome. And I do have that that reveal uh, CMAPS card, and it is legit. Like, yeah. it, it's it's super dope. I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, they're really dope. So, and you run the you run the Ghost too, don't you, Michael? Yes, I do. And you like it? Yeah, I, I love that trolling motor. Do you like it? Have you had an Ultrex? Do you like it better? I haven't actually had Ultrex. Okay. I've ran Ultrex a couple okay. times. Sure, sure. Um, you know, I, I like it, but. Coming from motor guide too, the, the pedals or the buttons always on the wrong side. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. You got that backwards on there. Do you think that, it, that is? Is it weird to you? Ahead. Um, sorry, it's the one, and I'm not being critical because I don't, I don't hate. We're not sponsored by any. I have no horse in the race. Whatever. Like I have Humminbird and Minkota, and then I have one Garmin unit. What I'm not anti Lawrence whatsoever, but is it weird to you? Um, that the Lawrence ghost head doesn't move at all, or do you like that? Or um, I like it in the fact that I've, I've seen it happen a couple times where transducer cables have gotten snapped because the head spun all the way around yeah. and they didn't have enough slack. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I would not be a fan of that, but <laughs> nope, no. no as, as far not. as using it with like uh, live sonar, it makes it a little bit more challenging. Um, they have kind of come up with ways to combat that though. There's a, an on-screen like uh, dial that shows where your transducer is pointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, which is somewhat accurate. It's not always perfect, but at least sure. gives you an idea. Yeah. Um, and then with my height too, usually I can actually see the, the, the transducer sticking out there a little bit. Yeah. yeah I, right, I mean the actual yeah. transducer oh, on the oh, shaft. Oh, oh so. sure, sure. I feel you. Yeah. All right. So let's, let's go down that wormhole. Um, what do you think about all this drama 
Randy Blockett and whoever else, um, <laughs> you know, like, dude, cancel forward facing sonar. And is it, I mean, am I missing it entirely here, boys? But is the whole argument to get rid of live scope and um, what is it called on our active target? Is that what it's called, Florence? Yep. Active target yeah. and uh, Humminbird Mega Live, which, again, I love my Humminbirds, but I think Humminbird Mega Live is leagues behind Garmin and Lawrence in terms of what they can compute, what shows on the screen, accuracy, how much you can dial it. I just don't think they're close personally. And that's no hate. I just don't. That's objectively saying that. But um, You're definitely not the only one who thinks that. Yeah, I just don't know it's really even subjective. I feel like it's pretty black yeah. and white. Like, it just doesn't look as good. You can't dial it as well. Um, even, like, when you were watching the classic and they had, like, the live on screen, I'm like, number one, that's not how it looks. Number two, um, that doesn't look as good as my live scope. And I'm, you know, average schmo with, like, just the first live scope, not even live scope plus. But anyway, right. um, is the is the big argument for canceling it because of how boring it is to watch in tournaments, is that really the big thing? It kind of seems like it, but I don't personally get it either because, you know, watching, especially like the, the older northern swing of the Bassmasters, mm-hmm. they're still looking at locators. Like yeah, they're yeah, just they're dropping down on top of them. Yeah, it's so, a different way of video gaming. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It went from 2D to, to live to live scoping or, you know, active target, which, yeah, it's yeah, no different, you know, in, in the sense that you're staring at the screen the whole time. But, uh, yeah, I, I personally, I personally don't get the whole, cancel thing either i don't I, I don't understand it but uh i feel like a lot of it's coming from people that just see it and don't actually use it yeah, yeah. or don't get yeah. it because or don't, don't want realize, to get it yeah you don't realize how many fish are out there that just don't seem to be catchable yeah you know they, they, i think there's this false persona that if you see it you can catch it immediately right that's yeah. exactly sometimes <laughs> i think it can, it can mess you up yeah i think right. sometimes it can almost make it worse because like um, you know, we always joke about that phrase on on this podcast, like you never leave fish to find fish, and that can be like a detriment when you're fishing with a limited window, like you know, six a.m. to three p.m., and you're camped out because you can see the school, but they will not bite, and so like exactly. it's so much easier to leave them if you didn't know they were there and you just couldn't get a bite than when you know they're there and you can't get a bite. So you're just beating your head against the wall. Like, Oh no, this color of blade bait will get them. Oh no, this length of Ned rig will get them. And it just doesn't work. And you know what I'm saying? So there's like, there's disadvantages. Yeah, before, to you know it, you too. Got, before you know it, you got every rod in your boat laid out on the deck with a different <laughs> right. bait tied on and, and nothing's working. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I feel like I don't really want to be the old curmudgeon who's like resistant to things that are coming you know what I'm saying? And like, even with live scope, um, the dudes who win on live scope are, are dudes who are dedicating themselves to learning the technology. It's not like you just slap it on your boat and go. And then you're all of a sudden a better fisherman. You also just like learning how to drive a boat or learning how to properly work a jerk bait or how to whatever you got to learn how to really dial in and use, uh, your forward facing sonar. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess I just don't fully get it. And I think one of the big arguments that I don't know if I've heard anybody say yet, um, but I'll say it here. People are saying like, Oh, to watch a tournament, an elite tournament, a major league fishing tournament, a, um, what's that other one called? The national professional fishing league. Um, yeah, yeah. to watch one of their derbies and just see the anglers on the front of the boat, just head down staring at a screen is so boring. 
okay, well, what about this? What about before we had forward-facing sonar and they were catching three bass an hour and now they're catching nine? Like, isn't that right. isn't that less boring to see them reel in more fish? Exactly, yeah. The more drama with fighting fish and, you know, the opportunity to lose a fish. And, you know, it, it, yeah, like I said, the more, the more fish you catch, the more interesting it, right. it should be, you know, so... Yeah, that's well, the way I see it. I, I don't know if you, uh, did you listen to Luke Duncan's, I think it was the last week's podcast at all, our, our buddy Luke. Uh, I have not uh, yet. Nuh-uh. Low Budget Live. Yeah, shout what out he Luke. talks about, yeah, for real, uh, he talks about what the National Professional Fishing League did in their latest airing of the tournament. They teamed up with uh, a company called like, man, I can't think of what it was. I think it was like Fix Media or something like that. Okay, yeah. I can't remember. It was like P-H-Y, I don't remember, but they, they, apparently found out a way to uh connect directly to anglers uh live site you like know their units uh lot yeah their like their units with live scope or active target or you know whatever they're running and put that on the screen with them while they're fishing it was really really cool but say that's even cooler than not having it at all exactly yep exactly that was really cool to to, to see and and have some you know certain guys kind of break it down and talk about what they're doing and, yeah. and it's it's it that I really like what they're doing. That's super smart. They don't have like a, you know, major electronic sponsor that's hindering them from showing, oh, uh, you know, one right, brand right, right, versus right. another yeah. brand, which, you know, which is a big part of what's going on with bass right now. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that was awesome. You know, it was, it was, it was really cool. Do you run live on your boat, Michael? I do. Um, I can't fully utilize it the best right now because they only have one unit up front. Oh, sure. Um, I, I am going to add a second one for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that is one one thing I don't like about my uh, Lorances. When you split screen with live, instead of it just being like, let's say you want the top half, like your map and the bottom half is live, mm-hmm. it actually mm-hmm. shrinks it sideways too. So even oh, though I'm weird. looking at it on a nine, it, it almost looks like you're looking at like a five inch locator then. Oh, that's weird. You really don't see a whole lot. So okay. I, if I am going to use it, I have to sit there and flip back and forth. And Oh, yeah, that's annoying. There's right, times yeah. where it's like, no, it's got to be on. And then there's times where, okay, I can do without it. So Yeah, sure. Yeah, that kind of sucks for you to have to choose, though. Yeah. yeah so what, there will be another unit added in the future that will just be dedicated to that. All right. One thing I do really like about my Garmin unit, and Nate has the same one on his Phoenix, is you can go into the screen layout. Like, it's really easy. You can do, like, mapping or panoptics or side imaging, forward Im- or down imaging, blah, 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 blah. And then one of the little options is split screen, and you can customize the split screen so you can pick what's on the left, what's on the right, top or bottom, whatever. And then you yep. can actually grab the bar and move it so the top one's a little bit bigger, bottom one's a little bit smaller, or the left one's a little bit smaller, right one's a little bit bigger. Like, you can drag the divider bar to, to kind of pick it how you want it. Yeah, you can do the same thing on Lawrence too that oh, way. Okay. Um, but for whatever reason, it's just that live is the only one that's that way where it just Weird. like shrinks it down. It's hmm. if it's one thing I could change about them, that would be the one. What but, have you What have you learned fishing um, forward facing sonar so far? Uh, like I said, there's there's a lot more fish out there than what you a lot of times realize. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot more that are inactive than you know what you're thinking of too, sure. but. I just really like watching to see how like fish react to stuff. Um, and, and when I first started using it, I, I basically went out to uh, find some crappies uh-huh. just cause I, I had no idea there was that many crappies out there yeah. until I started fishing for them that way. <laughs> and like there's schools everywhere. Like 
How did I actually yeah. struggle to catch these before? <laughs> but then you still struggle to catch them even when you can see them. Yeah, so which makes like, you oh, feel so probably dumb. Probably Yeah, flipping panfish swimming around in a school of 1,800 off this tree, and I can't get but like three of them. Yep. Yeah, that is crazy. 1,800, 1800 panties in a tree. Panties. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Don't tell Lola I said that. Uh, right, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's pretty funny. I, I, got a, I got a question, though. Oh, dude, please. Uh, Transitioning into you being a guide a bit, what's been the reception with uh, your your clients in like seeing the you know the, the active target and and you know the fish oh, swimming good. around? Like how they how they taken that? Um, you know, for the most part, it's been pretty good. I haven't had anybody opposed to it. Uh, I know, like one time, I had a, a father and son out this summer, and we were we were pan fishing too, but they kept getting hung up in this one tree that they were around. And every time we pull away from it, it's like, well, just keep casting. I can still see the schools there. And like, how do you know that? So you bring them up and show them like, yep. Yeah, okay. This is the bottom of the tree. And like, here's all the fish that are there. So just keep throwing at it. Yeah. We didn't right. spook them off or anything. And I thought that was pretty cool. They're like, Oh, you can actually like look and see that there's something over there. That's cool. We're going to book yeah, with you awesome. again. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. No, that's, that, that's cool. Uh, when you when you're when you're guiding, is that you you just you're a, a fishing guide or is it you know whatever bass like? Well, I do what? bass, northerns, and panfish. Or if they want to do like a mixed trip, we can do that too. Or you know, if you need a little action in the middle of the day, we can switch. Or you know, if you just like to catch different things. So, how long right. have you been doing that? How long have you been guiding? I uh, started in 2012 or 2013. Oh wow! So you're like it's, 10 it's years in. Yeah, it's been long enough that I forgot exactly when I started. But <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I think as I get older, yeah, that at all. As, as I get older, that that time changes, though. So you know, indeed, yeah. The memory doesn't work quite as as well as it used to. It's funny how that works. Yeah, right? Jordan knows all about that. Shut up. Wait, what were we just talking about? Just kidding. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, guiding. Do you ever have this is something we talked about before we brought you on, or just kind of mentioned? Um, do you ever have what do you, do you just call them? Clients, guests, friends? What do you? Uh, usually clients. Clients. Do you ever have clients who um, get on board and you get out to go fishing and you realize somewhat quickly like they don't know anything about fishing? Does that ever happen? All the time. Yeah. Like don't know how to cast, don't know how to reel in, don't know how to. Yep. And honestly, like that's my worst nightmare as far as, you know, yeah. before a trip, because you never know what you're really going to get. Like you can talk to somebody and kind of get an idea, but you never know until you get on the water. Um, and it, it's always that those are the ones that I worry about the most because I know I can go out and catch fish in those conditions. Sure. But it, it's, really hard to get somebody that doesn't have the experience to. Yeah. So what do you do? What's, what's the solution? Oh, a lot of times switch to something really finesse, cover a lot of water or take them to some really high percentage areas where, you know, you pretty much have to almost try not to catch one. Yeah. <laughs> but right. there, there's times like you can, you can uh, take a horse to water, but you can't always make them drink. So th those are the ones that are, a little challenging, but yeah, yeah, that's I could see that. If uh, if you you take a client out who you quickly learn has next to no experience, what's the first bait you're putting in their hands? That's a tough one. Depending on where we're at, a lot of times it'll be something 
that they can reel in. So like a swim bait would be a good one. It's still finessey. It's natural, but you can also just chuck and wind it. Right. And that's just yeah. like, like you're talking like a ball head like a swim bait or something like yeah. that. Or, you know, like a, a belly weighted swim bait, something okay. like that for around grass. Um, but it's also something that you're, you're going to know when you get a hit, like it's right. not, well, I think there might be one on there. You're generally going to know right away. So that that's a good go-to for me. A Ned rig is another one. Tie one of those up for them. So it's, it's a little bit harder, but at the same time, they kind of hook themselves if if one does bite it. So yeah, that's smart. Um, what what do you do in terms of spots? Because you can't reveal all your juice, right? Or do you? Or how does that work as a guide? Usually, I don't. Like, there's some spots that like I won't even necessarily fish if. I see another boat in an area if I'm just fun fishing. Um, not that anything's like super secretive anymore with the mapping as good as it is and true. side imaging yeah, and all yeah, that true. stuff. But there is stuff that I generally just try to leave alone unless I absolutely need it. Okay. Um, just because I, you know, whether I have history there, it's really that good of a spot. Um, but there are times where, you know, if the day's not going well and you need to catch a fish, like, you know, if you have a high confidence area, you go and catch them. And I mean, it's, you're not really putting tons of pressure on the fish either. It's not like, you know, on a tournament day where you go out there and there's, you know, eight different boats going to fish the same exact spot. It's like you pulled a couple fish off of it in the middle of the week. Okay. Yeah. Type deal. Yeah. What, so let's just say I, I'm just some dude who's, who's heard about you and wants to sign up, uh, for a day of fishing with you. And I say to you, Hey man, um, I want to go bass fishing. I'm just learning how I'm getting better at it. What's a lake that you know, like, like, do you guide on like just Miller dam? Or is there like a few in the area that you're real comfy on? Is there like a couple that you'd bring somebody depending on what they say that they want to fish for? How does like the water, um, choice, how does that play out? So I'll, I'll pretty much guide anywhere up to about an hour away from where I live. Um, so if there's a, a special lake that they want to fish on, you know, you can set up a trip to go there, but like you said, depending on what they're looking for, you know, if they want action, I'm not going to take them to a lake with the, that I know has low numbers in it. Yeah. You know, some of those, those low number lakes do produce some really big fish, but you really have to work for them. Yeah. Um, where there's other lakes where, you know, the population's higher, you don't get nearly as many big ones, but you get a lot of fish. So depending on what they're looking for, I can kind of tailor the trip to that. Um, if they don't know the lakes around here, obviously I've, I've fished around here long enough. I've grown up around here. I know most of them, you know, I haven't fished all of them, but I have a pretty good idea, you know, of, of how most of them set up and everything. So, sure. yeah. And you said you're from Holcomb. So do you know the Holcomb flowage pretty well? I know it. I, I don't particularly like to fish it. Okay. It's, it's an interesting body of water. It, it can is. be really good in the spring and the fall because yeah. you get the, the migration of fish up the rivers and down the rivers. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as fishing it in the middle of the summer, it is more of a party lake than it is a fishing lake. Yeah, it gets, it gets covered in uh, jet skis and pontoons and... <laughs> And wake boats. And, yeah, yeah. My mom lives yeah. on the on the just up the river a little bit from the actual flowage, um, kind of by highway. I think it's Highway D or something right there. Um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So 
there's a bunch of spots right by where she lives where you can catch fish. And even there, not even on the main lake, you'll go out to fish. And I mean, I'm talking seven o'clock in the morning and you know, a little, <laughs> a little gang runs by of seven, 12 year old girls on their jet skis. And I'm like, dude, exactly. <laughs> like, it gets so <laughs> frustrating trying to fish there. I will say though, um, I've never, um, caught a good one there, uh, a good muskie, but man, I have raised up some of the biggest muskies I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> Either either musky fishing, but didn't catch one, or just fishing for bass and, and raised up an absolute submarine. Have you have you ever caught some good muskies on that lake? Um, I've caught a few, nothing really big though. Have you seen uh, some big neighbor, ones? Because there's some monsters in there. I have seen some big ones out yeah. there. They're definitely in there. Uh, the other thing there's there's big ones of out there are sturgeon. Oh sure. Oh yeah. wow. Yeah. Those are those are interesting when you hook into them. I've I've only caught two of them both of them while i was bass fishing and both of them pulled the boat around for a while <laughs> both of them just <laughs> testing your equipment you know, there, there's nothing you can do with them with with bass gear pretty much <laughs> just let them wear themselves out yeah I've, i think the only sturgeon i've ever caught are like two feet long i've never hooked into something like you know just some freak leviathan fish but i know they're out there they're they are out there and and they'll show themselves pretty often in the summer Usually you can tell because you'll hear them like completely clear out of the water before they splash back in. Yeah. Just giants. So so always interesting, completely quiet out there and all of a sudden. Yeah. Bang. Just a cannonball coming back in the water. Dang it. That's sick. Nate, what was that lake we ran up to on Fence Lake where we were like, let's make this run? And then it didn't really work out, but. Oh, yeah. So I thought it was something Pokegama. like Pokegama. Yeah, Pokegama. Yeah, Pokegama. Yeah, they said that that little lake, I guess, yeah. has some giant sturgeon in it, even though the lake isn't that big. That would be pretty interesting to see out there. Yeah. That's, have you been on that body of water, Pokegama? I know you've been on, like, Fence Lake and whatever, but did you ever run up to Pokegama? Yep. Um, actually, the, the first time we were ever up there, uh, that's where we ended up fishing or spending most of our time. Really? Yep. Okay. Um you caught that keepers was before there. everybody knew about fence. Okay. I think there was, there was one or two people that figured it out. Yeah. Um, but the rest of us were all chasing after a largemouth. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that's, how that's things changed change. a little bit in the last <laughs> couple of years. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody's doing anything but smallmouth fishing up in that area now, for sure. Yeah, we were, when we ran up Kegama, what, we were one of two or three boats in yeah, there. Yeah, there's three of us. Day. Yep. Yeah. It's well, pretty light, though, man. So pretty, dude. And there was sturgeon splashing around us every once in a while. You hear yeah, a big yeah. <laughs> That was pretty Yeah, neat. We, we've actually uh, caught some decent ones in there. Like I said, that first year we were up there, and then um, I think we ended up missing one one year when they went up, and that's when everybody figured out the fence deal. And then we came back up the next time, and we, we didn't weren't educated enough and continued to fish for largemouth out there <laughs> did not do well. Yeah, well that's the thing though that's tough is there's a million largemouth out there there are but just and, not and the i right know size there's ones. some in there but you just have to have like something magical where you can you can pull some decent ones off of there but yeah even then I, I don't know if it can compete with the smallmouth yeah no the smallmouth and the smallmouth out there they're like all on steroids like they're all juiced up on something because i mean all smallmouth are strong and dig and blah 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 whatever but the smallmouth up in that area are just mean dude they're just angry they are man they're Absolutely. fun gosh they're so when you get one on it's like it's like this desperation of like okay don't overfish it don't 
let them get the best of you though. Don't what like it's just like all these like fears are just yeah they're just ornery. <laughs> um, let's switch yeah. gears real quick before we before we wrap up and let you get out of here. Um, I don't know how early you have to wake up in the morning or whatever. I don't want to keep you too late, man. No, I'm good. I'm a night owl anyway. So. Okay, right on. Um, so, Mudget, you have Mudget's Guide Service on YouTube, which if you're on uh, YouTube, you just look up Mudget, which is M-U-D as in dog, G as in, I don't know, goat, E-T-T, Mudget. Uh, Mudget's Guide Service is your YouTube handle, and your top video, your most popular video is titled, Boat Hits Stump Running Wide Open, 190,000 Views. Jeez, I didn't realize I made it up there that yeah. far. <laughs> yeah, you should be getting you should be getting some yeah, checks well, on this. That's a lot of views. Right? Yeah, that's a lot of views. So, um, tell us about your YouTube channel. How long you been doing it? Do you still put an effort on it? What What's that all about? Because the fact that that video dropped four years ago, um, and then one that has a whole bunch how to winterize your boat has thirty five thousand views. That one looks like it was eight years ago. So you're a man who obviously has the ability to see in the future a little bit because you've been doing YouTube stuff since way before other people. We're doing YouTube stuff. Tell us about your channel. Well, honestly, I haven't put a whole lot of effort into it lately just because I've had so much other stuff going on. Um, you know, as far as like shooting videos and stuff I like doing, but it takes me forever to edit them. Yeah, I know that feeling. So it's that time commitment right now that I, you know, I'm trying to uh, add on to our house and deal with all this other stuff too. So okay. I haven't been able to put tons of time into it, but I would like to get back to it. Yeah. Um, and start making a little bit better videos. I know the the original ones, if you go way back, those are some some sketchy deals. But you know <laughs> no nobody starts out great, I'm sure. Yeah. I don't know that people start that bad, but stop. No, they're good, dude. They're good. I mean well that's the funny thing too, is like I think when you first get into just about anything, especially as it relates to like creative arts, it seems like um how can I make this more fancy? How can I make this more like tricky looking? How can I do this little effect or that little effect? And it seems like the more that you learn, the less you do that kind of stuff, the more you just make it clean and focus on good audio and focus on clean cuts and whatever versus like wave transitions or music every time that, you know, like I was watching, um, I was watching, um, Bill dance the other day and every time he hooked a fish, music came on. Every single every time. time. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I'm like, Bill, like, I know you're like, he's got to be late eighties at this point. You know, like I know he's old and whatever, but like tell your producers, stop turning on music every time I set the hook. Um, right. But yeah, I just feel like as you get better at that stuff, like simples, more the, more the ticket. You also have one on here. Tips for backing up a trailer, 144,000 views. Dude, you got some, you got some content. You got some views on your videos here, dude. Well, I'll probably have to put a little more effort into it going forward. Uh, I do actually have a bunch of video stuff that I need to be put together. Okay. Of our my father and son bass battles. So okay, you know, Dad and I fish as partners during the year. Right. And then after the year, we have started doing um, like little competitions against one another. Oh, that's cool. So we just fish like a best of five series. Okay. Um, and then so we started that. Oh probably two or three years into our our fishing tournaments together okay and i don't remember what year i actually started recording some of those um but i've got like probably five years of our bass battles to put together and releases kind of a series wow that's dope 
So that's yeah, something that really cool. in the future would be coming out because, like I said, I don't know that I'll have time to put them all together for a while. But. Yeah, yeah. So who wins? Like, who, who, who's the what? What's the majority? Oh, so I'm trying to remember exactly how many years we've done it. Yeah, I think he won the first four or okay. three out of the first four. Okay, and then I won the next three out of the four, and I think we're kind of somewhere in between there now. So it's about fifty fifty. Okay. So it's, it actually started, I think it was, uh, Shaw Grigsby had one with his son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it was on uh, like the outdoor channel or something like that. And that's where our original idea came from. Yeah. I love Shaw Grigsby. So yeah, it's up. fun competing against one another and just, you know, just for bragging rights and everything. Yeah. And then yeah, usually yeah. by the end of the year, we end up fishing the last couple of trips with one another again. Yeah. But, that's really cool. Um, What's that's your dad's name? Such a good idea. Randy? Randy. That's right. I'm like, I know it's not Michael. I know you're not like a junior or something, but uh, <laughs> do you and Randy, do you guys fish uh, fish similarly in terms of like tactics or is he like a jig guy and you're like a crankbait guy or you know what I'm saying? We definitely have little different styles that way. Okay. Um, I think over the years we've kind of uh, learned to make it work to our advantage that way. He likes to, to fish a lot slower than what I do. Usually I'll try to fish as fast as I can get away with. Sure. So you're KVD um, and he's uh, Elton Jones. <laughs> that could be a good comparison. Or Mark Davis, maybe. <laughs> well, he doesn't throw the swing hit. He don't throw that little old swing <laughs> in. <laughs> maybe he should. Come and ride you, clean him up. Sorry. No, but but it works well that way. I mean, it, it does cause some challenges when we're actually fishing. Sure. But there, there's times just his style with, you know, fishing slower and a little more finesse and everything have really bailed us out. And yeah, then there's definitely. times where fishing faster, cover more water, you know, put, fit, uh, fishing the boat that way too. So yeah, definitely. In the end, it actually works out fairly well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's ask, let's ask some uh, technique specific questions. And then I promise that we'll maybe be the last thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're fishing right now, you get dropped on, I don't know what, a, a well-known lake. It doesn't matter what it is. Something that you have some history with. Um, maybe it's not your favorite lake and due to new rules, you can only bring two rods with, um, what are you bringing? What, what's your go-to? Are we going for numbers or size? Uh, yeah, like your best five, like a bass tournament, and you're trying to put together your best bag, and you can only bring two rods with. Two rods, technique specific. Yeah. Uh, I would have to go with a jig is one of them. Okay, yep. And I'd probably go with either a spinnerbait or a chatterbait for the other one. Okay. So no finesse stuff on either. Not not this time of year. If I'm going for my best five, okay. I'm I'm swinging for the fences, going for broke. Yeah. Well, I mean a jig too. Like I f- I feel like yeah. the more I listen or or more I watch stuff, there are more lures that you can fish all year long than what I think people realize. Right? Like you can yep. you can fish a chatterbait literally as long as there's open water you can fish a jig and one of its many varieties as long as the water is is open a spinnerbait i like spinnerbaits in like the upper 40s 
low 50s to start throwing it but you could probably fish that in super cold water too um if you want to slow roll it yeah if you want to really helicopter it or kind of bounce you know drag it on the bottom slow crank it or something but yeah it's wild how big big colorado blade big old colorado blade swinging yeah, just let it thump. Just let it thump down there, boy. <laughs> just spinning right behind it. <laughs> that was awesome. That's exactly right, dude. Uh, so tell us about your what's your favorite jig? What do you throw? What's your what's your what's your go to? What's your setup look like? Rod, reel, line, go. So for jig, it would have to be a, a missile baits, uh, probably mini flip. Oh man, just come on, dude! Of, Golly, love that yeah. bait. I like the flip out too, but as far as like all around, I would say the mini flip because it's still a little finesse, but it's still a jig, so you can still yeah. get some size on it. Yep. Um, I really probably trailer wise, uh, I like Chigger Cross. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's an yeah, underrated I, bait, dude. A really underrated bait. Once okay, so really really fast story. One time I was fishing a um my buddy Jake DeVolder's land. Shout out Jake DeVolder. And, uh, shout out. Shout out. And uh, I was using Missile Baits D-Bomb in a bruiser flash color, only brought with one bag, didn't know how good his lake was, got completely like out of them quickly because his lake was so good. And the only thing he had in the bait was Berkeley Power Baits Chigger Craw. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to catch anything on that. And I'll bet you I caught two to <laughs> one on the Chigger Craw versus the D-Bomb. And I love D-Bombs, but the chigger i thought the chigger call was old school you know what i'm saying um yeah i'm just like whatever but uh nope they're, they're definitely underrated so underrated um, and i mean i used to fish them texas rigged a little bit more than what i do a lot of times now i just use them on a trailer but i've sure. caught quite a few fish just just fishing them texas style too um yeah that's usually my all-around type trailer again it's not not like, you know, like a, a rage tail would be like really hard thumping in your face type. Sure. You know? um, but it's also not completely do nothing either. So it's kind of that mix where I can start with that and yeah. then try to tweak it as, as I go along. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. But, yeah. I like that, that combo where it's not, not too much thump, but also does not move in the water. That little mix, that like slow flutter, or yeah. slow kick. That's, yep. that's definitely a good combo. That's uh, I, I like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure. Um, what is your dad's go-to? His would have to be uh, a yum dinger. Okay, okay. And is yeah. he is he a bait casting or a spinning rod guy on the Cinco? He is a spinning rod guy. Okay, yeah. I've got him into bait casters a little bit, but he still still prefers spinning. So yeah, that's cool. Is he? T- I mean, are you talking like like a? Three out, four out, wide gap, rig weightless, or what? What does his setup look like? Um, usually like a um, like a flick shake type head. Oh, okay, it. sure. I think he likes the VMC ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, there. Yeah, you there? Oh, something, something just buzzed. No, yeah, sure. my phone just buzzed to tell me that the Packers lost to the Raiders, which is really, oh, really sad. Man. Yeah. Jordan Love is Golly. not the dude. I'm telling you, anybody in Packerland who can hear my annoying voice, I love the Packers. I will always love the Packers. Jordan Love is not the dude. He played a bad defense, was inaccurate, and threw three picks tonight. He is not the dude. All right, keep going. That's that's brutal. Yeah, I don't know if we can transition right back after that. Probably not. That just crushed my spirits. I'm sorry. I don't want to crush your spirits. (laughs) I'll 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 I mean, I'm I'm a Cubs fan too, so I'm I'm a glutton for punishment. Like I'll follow the Packers (laughs) if they go back to Don Mikowski and they go, you know, one and fifteen. But like Jordan Love is just not the dude. Yeah. 
I want him to be, and hope I I pray to God I'm wrong. You know, I hope I'm super wrong, and you know he hears this podcast somehow and then hates me and ups his game and kills it. But like, you are the motivation that causes him to get good, right? Yeah, like that last dance, uh, like that last dance documentary with Michael Jordan where he would just use anything as motivation. Jordan loves like I found this absolute moron with the same name as me in Wisconsin, and he's a (laughs) podcaster that nobody listens to, and I don't. Uh, (laughs) so let's do this man let's do this to wrap it up number one thank you for being on the podcast dude for real and i promise we will have you over for tacos sometime no no problem thanks for having me i appreciate the the invite yeah dude nate you have any more questions you want to hit up uh mr mudget with before you let him roll out any specific technique stuff any guide stuff whatever no i i don't i think you know he he hit on a little bit of everything for us and uh yeah, we we appreciate you, you hopping on and spending the spending the time with us. Yeah. Um, okay. No so problem. one question I have that I just came up with as I'm thinking about it: Do you think that the complete difference in style of fishing? Because you guys really do. You and your dad really do seem to cash a check at like almost every bass attack tournament. Do you think that? some of that can be attributed to how different of styles you guys have. You know what I'm saying? Because if you're both fishing a jig, then maybe you're missing the fish that are going to hit a Ned rig. Or if you're both fishing a Ned rig, maybe you're missing, you know, missing the bites on a jig. Do you think your difference in style actually helps? I think it does. Like I said, I, I think if, as we've fished longer together, we, we've kind of made ways to make it work. Yeah. Um, we're usually somebody that's fishing fast and somebody that's fishing slow. You can't, you can't really do both effectively. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we found ways to make it kind of complement one another. Sure. Um, just with what we fish and where we fish kind of. Um, and, and like I said, there's been plenty of times where if I would have been fishing by myself, I would have been right down by the bottom. Yep. You know, especially if I, if I would have fished the way that I did all day, um, where he's, you know, put the majority of the keepers in the boat. And then there's other days where it's the complete opposite. And then there's days where we both catch them. So, yeah. Like it, I, I do think that complete opposite thing does kind of play to our advantage that way. That's cool. Give, give our, give our listeners, um, one tip, uh, on how to be a better fisherman, completely vague, doesn't have to be tournament fishing, whatever. Give us, give us one tip. Cause your life is so immersed in the fishing world to make people a better angler. One tip I would say, trust your instinct there's so many times where I've like you, you learn it over time and there's times I'm still not perfect with it either, but there there's times where it's like, well, if I just tie this on, I wonder if that would work. Yeah. And it's like, ah, you just kind of keep going. Well, maybe, maybe I should. Yeah. And then you finally like convince yourself to do it and you make like three casts with it and catch one when you hadn't got a bite for the last four hours. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I know that feeling. What, why did point, I not yeah. just trust my instinct right away? Because yeah. there's something in my mind that said, this could work right now. Yeah. Whatever that was. Yeah, that's true. Cause then you sit there and you get to play the game where you beat yourself up and go, if I would have switched three hours ago, like right. I thought yeah. about doing yeah. how many more bites would I have yeah. gotten today if I just did this? Yeah. You heard it here. That's a, that's a great tip, man. Trust your instincts. If your gut's telling you something, lean into it. Lola's a big believer in that too. Not just for fishing, but just in general, like sometimes your brain can't really like, rationalize everything but you get this little uh, this little instinct and and following it's usually a good idea 
Exactly. Yeah, man, for sure. So last thing before we let you rip is uh, give us, um, if somebody wants to get a hold of you um, to guide or on social media or your YouTube, which we already kind of covered, but how would people find you? So I have a actual guides page on Facebook, which is just Mudgets Guide Service. Same thing. You can search there. You can search me if you want to message me privately there too. Um, and then I do have Instagram, which is Mudge Daddy. Okay. Which is yeah, it's weird a spell name. It. I get it. No, it's funny. <laughs> uh, it, it's actually my from playing college basketball. One of my um, teammates' fathers thought of it, and it Mudge just kind of stuck. Okay, you're a yeah. college basketball player. I didn't know that. You know, you know, I played at Eau Claire for a few years. Okay. Um, it's an interesting experience. But uh, what are you like a yeah. shooting guard or a, a small forward or what's your position? Uh, small forward for the most part. Okay. Uh, yeah, in high school, I kind of played a little bit of everything. Like not that you really see any six, six point guards, but right. I, I could do it if I had to. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet, dude. All right. Heck yeah. That's yeah. dope. So, so anyway, so much daddy, how do we spell it? Sorry. How do we find you? Uh, M U D G D A D D Y. There it is. Uh, yep. Oh, sweet. man. So it was one of those things. I started Instagram was kind of like, you know, just following around seeing what it's about and sure. it was easy because nobody else has that name taken <laughs> <laughs> we'll go yeah. with this yeah. should probably change that at some point but yeah i remember for when, now that's what it is i remember when i first got on to instagram and i wanted something basic like jordan johnson it was like that's taken and it was like jordan dot johnson <laughs> that's taken jordan dot johnson dot 715 that's taken and i'm like what the crap and then i found out that there's such a thing and maybe i'm just old and i whatever i'm naive and everybody else is like duh but then i found out that there's actually such a thing where there's like bots that create ads you know create names and create accounts with all kind of name combinations like nate conklin one two three or whatever just so that you can't have it so that you have to find out who has it and then pay them for it like that's so gross to me like that's just so stupid Uh, they do have websites too they're squatters Oh yeah, yeah. That's the. Oh, here's a funny squatter though. Is when the internet sounds funny. Like that makes me sound like I like have a car that I have to like wind up to drive. When the internet <laughs> was first crank start. Yeah, when the internet <laughs> when the internet was first a thing. There's gold in them anyway. Um, the Simpsons was like obviously a show for a million years before the internet was like invented. And when the internet first came out, they came out with the Simpsons movie.com. Like they bought that web, you know, like that domain, even though they had no idea or intention really of making a movie, but they figured if this internet thing sticks around, that we want to make sure we can have our website domain. And then lo and behold, they actually used it like a million, like <laughs> literally like 20 years later, which I think is so funny. That's crazy. Yeah. My old uh, my old boss at Motion Raceworks, he would buy uh, domains just to have them as like reroutes to motionraceworks.com, like yep. um, like evsuck.com or like baldeagles.com <laughs> or freedominamerica.com, like all these really funny .coms, and they would just, you click them in, they'd reroute to Motion Raceworks, which I thought was really funny. And then you always have to get the ones that say they are terrible at spelling. So oh, that's something true. close to your name. Yeah, that's the truth, too. Reroute those all to your yeah, site. motion race weeks or something, because yeah, people can't type properly. But anywho, all right. Well, Mudge Daddy, we appreciate you for being on uh, Tackling Tacos, dude. For real, much love. And we will have you on. Uh, I'm definitely going to be fishing Bass Attack again next year. Hopefully I can get 
a little more consistent, get up on uh, you and Randy's level. Give give Randy a hello from us. And uh, <laughs> yeah, thank you for thanks for being on, man. No problem. I appreciate the, the invite. Yeah, absolutely. So you Take go care, ahead, man. just hang we up, and then me it. and Nate are going to tie it up. But we appreciate you, brother. All right, sounds good. All right, man. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Yeah. Bye. Peace. dokey, Smokey Artichoke. I'm sorry that I ruined the vibe there, Nate, with the uh, with the announcement of the Packers. Um, as we are podcasting yeah, you- right now on Monday to release on Tuesday, the Packers are playing Monday Night Football. Well, they were, and then they lost to a not very good team because um, the Packers are a not very good team. But myself, Nate, and Michael are all Packer fans. So sorry about the. Uh, yeah, I was watching the the first half of it, and uh, before we got on, it was definitely the Max Crosby show in the first half. Yeah, he's a freak. Everywhere. Yeah, he's a freak. Yeah, golly. Yeah, our offensive line is not very good, and I just <laughs> the crazy thing to all. me is more times than not, right? And Jordan Love has had his moments where he looked good, but more times than not, which is the most appropriate way of saying it, he looks like he doesn't really know what's going on, which is, to me, borderline unacceptable because he's been in this offense for three years now. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not that he should be killing it every time, but he shouldn't be looking as lost as he looks sometimes. Yeah, that, that's a fact. It's uh, it's pretty rough, and like you said, with the offensive line, when the uh, offensive line highlight of the game is uh, a backup blocking a field goal. (laughs) (laughs) And that's That's it. That's the best we got. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. That's it, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty frustrating. But but at least we got to talk to Michael for a little bit, talk some guide stuff, talk some... uh, It's funny because I think people, if they are into fishing like we are, like Lola is, like whoever is, you'd think like, dude, guiding would be so fun but you don't know who is going to jump in the boat with you. You don't know if it's going to be like, yeah, that, go ahead. Yeah. That, that, I was just going to say, that's exactly it. It actually prompted a question that I wanted to ask and forgot to was that, okay. uh, like, like the, you don't know who's going to get in the boat or, you know, the pressure of finding fish. Like, is he one of the guys who goes out and practice? Cause I, I you know, I've heard of, of you know plenty of guys that go out and try to, try to get on fish or find fish in an area before they take clients out. So right. I was, I was going to ask him that and I, I forgot it slipped my mind, but yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Cause it's like you're on the water, but yeah. you're not really, cause more so you're just holding the hand of some people to fish. Cause I would assume most of the people who are really serious about fishing, they're not hiring a guide. So you're probably hire or you're probably getting hired by a lot of people who don't know a lot about fishing and that could probably yeah, be not point. super fun still cool though like, like he still spends yeah. more time on the water than i do and I, I i envy him for that yeah that's awesome yeah yeah and he just seemed i don't know the thing i really liked about his whole vibe is he seemed really really unpretentious like you know the fact that he was he had a 15 foot ranger and then an 18 foot ranger and now he's got like a whatever whatever is now is 18 and a half or whatever and he's not all about like the shiny new hundred and thirty thousand dollar icon or whatever and no diss to icon those boats are dope but he's not doing that he's yeah. going with what he likes and what he feels comfortable in and what he can handle and what he thinks is you know what i'm saying like i think that's the coolest deal yeah for sure so what else you got nate you had any good tacos lately oh no no I, well you know what i did it was okay. uh friday night friday night so, so the last thing was the, was the last podcast we kind of did the food review. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I and I talked I talked about those two those two food trucks down at the at yeah the Flama market. And, yep, yep. And then there was another one we tried. I think it was called Mexicano, or I'm not, I'm not really sure what it was called, but it was something something like that. Anyways, there's one that's been right down the street from our house for too long not to visit okay um, yeah honestly yeah and uh and my wife got off work a little bit early friday night and she stopped there uh grabbed some food and, and brought it uh over to uh, me and my buddy hanging out in the garage uh having a few cold beverages okay. and hanging out around the boat and yeah. uh she got a steak taco okay a chicken taco okay and a steak burrito and they were all phenomenal yeah uh, a little a little food little food truck what is it about food bon trucks bon's it's crazy. They're they're all over the place, but, but uh, I'm not mad at it because you don't no. have to go far to find tacos now. Yeah, so, so dope. Uh, what is the yeah. place called? Uh, it's called Bonbons. Bonbons. Bonbons tacos. Yeah, it's huh. a little. It's really cool, like white and green, uh, pink and red food truck. Yeah, coincidentally, uh, but yeah. yeah, the 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 steak taco was really good. The steak burrito was really good, but um, maybe one of the best chicken tacos that I've ever had. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what, what it was about it, but it was, it was really, really good. It was, uh, kind of, kind of more chopped than shredded mm, okay, uh, chicken, sure. uh, super flavorful. Nice. Uh, it was, it was really good flour. Uh, no, it was, yeah, it was corn shells. Double, uh, both double corn. Wrong. Yep. That's the both best. tacos were double corn shells. Yep. They, uh, they did it right, man. Cilantro cheese, uh, and their hot sauce was hot and flavorful. It hot. was perfect. That's dope. Dang it, that's dope, dude. That's, yeah. a, that's a good way to end it. Because, I, I mean, I'm telling you, there is something about just the right-sized tortilla, double-up corn, uh, especially from a place, like, unique, you know, like a, a food truck or a, or an indigenous little restaurant run by, like, a, a family, like, like walk and roll or whatever. Um, there's just something about that. Man, that's, it's just about impossible to beat. Yeah, yeah, they were they were good, and we will we will be uh, be be frequent flyers of Bomb Bomb Tacos. Such yeah, a funny they, name. They did, it, they did it right. Yeah, it is Bomb Bomb Tacos. Yeah, that's dope. But all right, man, let's get up out of here. Nate, hit us with the tagline. Uh, positivity is worth the effort. It absolutely is. Listening, we appreciate you. Yeah, for sure. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Peace.